This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Tuesday morning. This is Coach Jen in Ocala, Florida. And I am Christy Landwehr in Aurora, Colorado. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for this Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. And we're at episode 2684. This episode is brought to you by the Certified Horsemanship Association. Good morning, horse world. It's the third Tuesday of the month on Horses in the Morning. And that means we get deep into training, education, and horsey fun with Christy from the Certified Horsemanship Association. Welcome back, Christy. It's it, it was a challenging morning already, wasn't it? It's exciting, you know. You just never know what the day is going to bring. <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have Christy on her cell phone this morning because she's a dedicated. Uh, CHA podcaster because Skype was not cooperating. So we apologize in advance for the fact that Christy sounds like she is in a Wonder Woman movie, night circa 1942. <laughs> That's awesome. See, sometimes old school's okay though, right? At least you have old school to go back to when new school fails. I tell you, it's it's a challenge on a daily basis. But here we are. The first thing we always do every month when Christy comes on on the third Tuesday is chit chat a little bit about what Christy's been up to. Frequently, you have gobs and gobs of travel adventures to tell us about. What about this time? Yeah, not so much. So we can just get right into the meat of what today's show is about. Ooh, we're getting right into the meat of what's going on. Okay, who are we going to chat with first? Well, today we're going to talk about the ins and outs of virtual horse shows. So for those of you that are on, that will be happening later on. But first we have uh, Cami O'Neill coming on, and we're thrilled to have her. She is um, the administrative coordinator and sales rep for Be Free of Flies, who owns many horses herself. And she's going to come on and chat to us a little bit right now about fly control and about her product. Cool. We are so excited to have Cami O'Neill on today. She is the Administrative Coordinator and Sales Representative for Be Free of Flies. She also owns many horses herself, as well as uh, working for Be Free of Flies. So, Cami, welcome so much to the show today. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited to have you on. Tell everybody where you live. I am just outside of Fort Worth, Texas. I am so excited about that. I went to the NFR in December there in Fort Worth, and my husband and I thought y'all did a great job. I put the y'all in there versus Vegas. We really, really enjoyed it. And then we're going to be there in uh, November for our international conference. So you should come on by and see that too. Yes. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. They have so many great events here in Fort Worth. Oh, it's going to be so good. We're so excited about that. So share with everybody, what kinds of horses do you have? Uh, What do you do with them? Tell us your horse journey. 
Uh, so I grew up riding horses and, and competing. We do a lot of local events. Uh, we own majority quarter horses. We have a couple of ponies and other horses too. Um, but we enjoy, you know, ranch horse versatility, ranch sorting. We do some trail riding, uh, a little bit of everything, just uh, kind of dabble in it and uh, enjoy the horses. I love that. So tell me about your journey with Be Free of Flies. What is it? How did you come to be a part of it? Tell us all about that. Absolutely. So Be Free of Flies is a great company. Uh, it is owned by Donnie Hunt, and it's actually a product that has been around for over 30 years. Um, I started on with Donnie about five years ago and working with Be Free, you know, going to shows and, uh, you know, promoting the product. <clears throat> and it's it's just grown from there. Um, Bee Free itself is a fly spray and insect repellent. It's formulated for horses and animals. Uh, works not only by killing the insects on contact, but repelling them away as well. Uh, so, which is great, as you know, with horses and, and animals in general, flies and insects are always an issue. Um, you want to keep those those animals performing their best, looking their best, and um, keeping them pest-free, <clears throat> you know, and uh, insects carry disease. So you want to make sure that you're, you're keeping those animals protected. So tell me exactly how the product works. Uh, so Bee Free of Flies is a, is a spray. Uh, you spray it directly on your horse, uh, and you will instantly see results. You know, if you have flies sitting on your horse and you spray them, they they instantly die, which, you know, is great to see. Um, you know the product is working. Uh, it's great to use around your barn and stable also. Uh, I spray my stalls, my buckets, around my horse trailer, uh, things like that. Uh, it's great for your foals and broodmares too. Very good. So let's get to the part from other products. You know, there's a lot of different types of fly sprays out there. How does the consumer know you know, which one to get based on ingredients and things like that. So how, how is Bee Free of Flies different from others? Absolutely. So Bee Free of Flies, uh, its active ingredient is pyrethrins, which, so pyrethrins is actually a natural plant extract, uh, which is our, our active ingredient we, you know, that we use in Bee Free. And what sets it apart from other fly sprays is, you know, it has no harmful chemicals in it, um, you know, making it safe for you to use around your horse as you're spraying it daily, you know, around children and different things too, but also, you know, not harmful for your horse. Uh, many fly spray products often contain harmful chemicals. Uh, so we, we've tried to eliminate that from our product. Um, and, you know, still make it effective. We want it natural and safe, but effective as well. I love that. And what are some added benefits that um, Be Free of Flies offers for the horses and the horse owners? <clears throat> Absolutely. So <clears throat> Be Free of Flies also contains a coat conditioner. So a lot of your fly sprays and other products will actually dry out um, a horse's coat, or it may leave, you know, oily spots or oily residue. And uh, Be Free of Flies will not do that. It, it doesn't contain any of those oils, um, which just leaves your horse with a nice show coat shine. Um, you know, no oily residue keeps that coat conditioned while keeping the flies and insects away. Um, 
many horses that also suffer from skin or respiratory allergies can benefit from bee free of flies also, uh, you know, without having those harmful chemicals and that oil that attracts dust and, and residue. Uh, a lot of those horses that are a little more sensitive to other products do really well with our product. That is really good to know. And then how about, like, I have a rainy day today, too, like you do. Um, how does it work with horses that aren't kept in stalls, but they're kind of kept outside in the elements? Does it still stay on when rain comes and things like that? Right. So you you want to apply it one to two times a day. It's going to depend on your area, how much humidity, rain, things like that. Um, but it, it works great. as It is long-lasting. Very good. And what other product options do you have? Yes, yeah, so we actually have um, the same great product in three different bottling options. So we have your classic 32-ounce trigger sprayer, which is great for your everyday use. Uh, we also have a 24-ounce flarisol sprayer, which is a really neat 360-degree uh, fine mist spray. So <clears throat> it's great for spraying around the face, under the belly, down the legs. Uh, we've also found that young and nervous horses do really well with this sprayer also. It's quiet. Um, and then we also have the gallon refills, which are great uh, for your barns and stables, people with multiple horses. You get a little bit more bang for your buck that way. You can refill those bottles and get a little more product. Cammie, I'm so glad that you brought up the safety concerns of when you first fly spray your horse. We actually have a video on our CHJ YouTube channel that people can just find on our website of how to introduce a horse to fly spray by, by spraying it away from them first so they can hear the noise, you know, all those things, starting with the legs before you just go, bam, right on the chest or belly. And um, I just love that you bring up that you guys have actually created a product with a better trigger sprayer that works for horses that are a little bit more sensitive to that. That's great. Yes. Yes, that seems to be, you know, nervous horses, young horses, um, that seems to be a common issue. And we wanted something that could help those horses with that, keep them comfortable, uh, but also get the fly spray on them that they need. That's a wonderful idea. So how can people purchase Be Free of Fly? Yes, so uh, you can actually purchase wholesale by the case directly from our website. Uh, and then on our website, we also have a list of dealers and distributors. So some of those are online. Some of those are your local feed and tack shops. Um, but you're, you're welcome to go right on there and order from the website or find someone near you that carries it. Great. And what is that website address? going to be www.b-freeofflies.com. And for everybody, that's just the capital B. It's not the B-E. So that, I think, is important to know. It's kind of it's kind of cool how you guys do the B and then the hyphen free. Yes. I think that that's, yes. that's a good way to do that. And then are you in most states if people want to actually physically go somewhere and get it? Or is it better to do online um, if you're in kind of a, a different state? Yes, yeah, so we're in a lot of the major retail and tax shops um, across the country, uh, as well as, you know, a lot of the supply online also. Uh, but most states do have a major dealer, and if we don't, we'd love to find one in your area. Just get in contact with us. And I'm assuming that there's a contact page on Be Free of Flies, or is there also an office email that you'd like people to contact you at? 
Uh, there is a, a direct contact right on our website. We'd love to answer any questions um, and help you get in contact with the dealer. Wonderful, Cami. Well, I so appreciate you being on the show today to tell us a little bit more about this product. Um, it sounds like it's really good. And I hope that I get to see you at our conference in Fort Worth in November. I'll send you a little bit more information about that because we're going to be at the stockyards, so we're going to be really close to you. Yes, I would love to meet you, and I'd love to check out the event. Now we're going to have on Shelly Blockberger. Shelly owns and operates her own horseback riding lesson and boarding business, B&B Farm, since the year 2000 she's been doing this. She's a huge believer in education. She obtained her Certified Horsemanship Association Riding Instructor Cert in 2006. She's also an AQHA professional horseman and an APHA professional horseman. She's a Carded Judge through Ponies of the America and the Open Horse Show Association and is currently striving for the Missouri Ranch Horse Association. Shelly is a CHA site visitor for us and is also a regional director. Over the years, she's been on various equine committees and held numerous offices, as well as volunteering for FSA and 4-H. Hi, Shelly. How are you today? Oh, good morning. Just wonderful. So tell us a little bit more about exactly where you live and um, kind of everything that's going on there in Missouri. Okay. Um, we are located, oh gosh, maybe 30 minutes south of Jefferson City, which is our state capital in Missouri, and about 20 minutes north of Lake of the Ozarks, if everybody um, has heard of that. Um, right now, it's raining in Missouri, so we have a little bit of of a cloudy day, and I think it's supposed to rain all week. Um, as far as COVID, we've kind of uh, gotten relaxed here in Missouri. Things are going well, and uh, we're looking forward to a good year. That's great. What is your um, horse background? Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about you? Um, well, um, aside from the lesson and boarding business, and we do um, a few summer camps, uh, which is a lot of fun. And um, the last couple of years here, we've been totally booked with that. Um, we do about three or four a year, just depending on um, our schedule. And um, uh, do a little bit of horse showing with some of our youth. And um, besides myself and my two daughters, we've um, kind of been in the horse show world as well um, off and on. So. Well, and talk about the perfect transition. So we're going to be talking today about virtual horse showing because that's definitely been something that's been going on for a few years now, but it's definitely cropped up a little bit more in the last couple of years. And right. I know um, some people out there might not know much about them, and you have not only participated in them, but you've also judged them, which I think is great. So let's go ahead and just start about how you got started in virtual horse showing. Like, how, how did it all begin for you? Well, after after a little bit of panic, you know, with everybody, with a lot of the horse shows getting shut down um, at the beginning of last year, uh, especially some of the larger ones that happen around the United States, um, you know, everybody was, uh, you know, lots of emotions going on there and um, lots of financial struggles with clubs. And I think um, that's when everybody... Um, thought, hey, this, this is going to be a good alternative um, to this. So um, I decided that um, 
and I mainly uh, like to show open shows. Um, I think that's where a lot of people start out. And I, I thought, hey, this, this is really easy. I think I'm going to give this a try. <laughs> and um, I got into it and stayed throughout the whole year into, I think, October videoing and um, uh, doing this. So um, it, it, it turned out pretty well, and I learned a lot. What different ones did you end up competing in? Well, the main, I, I competed in several, but the ones that I really stuck with were um, a organization called uh, Cherry Acres out of Virginia. Um, that gal really puts on a good show um, and is very timely and organized. And then open, and then also the Open Horse Show Association, uh, Debbie Dunn out of Florida. Um, runs this association, and they decided to have virtual shows as well, but they also accepted your placings for points from other horse shows out there. It's, it's a totally um, honor system and open show association. So tell us a little bit more about your experience. Like, Give us an example. Like, If you're going to show showmanship, let's say, on the ground in hand, uh, how do you do it? Do you do a video ahead of time and just turn in the best one, and then how do you upload it? I mean, give us the nitty-gritty. Right. Depending on the association, they'll pr provide you with the pattern for their class. You video according to their guidelines. Um, you know, they'll give you suggestions on where your videographer should stand, or some people have PIVO or um, a similar uh, little program that, you know, does the camera for you. You know, we're getting um, high in technology here. Um, and uh, you just, you, you film your best run, which I suggest um, do three runs and pick your best. Otherwise, I think you're going to kind of um, get a little crazy with trying to get the perfect run. Um, then you will have a file on the Facebook page to um, load this to, or you can do it off of a YouTube channel that you create. Um, I'm not the most technical person there as far as, um, you know, what verbiage. Um, and then um, you just wait for the deadline. There's a judge that is assigned and will judge that and you wait for the results. So you know what's so great about what you just said is that you're not very technical yet you dove right in and did this. So it shows that for people out there that don't feel like they're very technical, they can still achieve. Right, exactly. Loading your video to the file is really pretty easy. Um, it, it's just like um, doing it on your Facebook page only it's a private file that people who are um, friends of that particular show's Facebook page can only see it. And do you get an opportunity to see other people's goes as well? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. If you're a friend of that Facebook page, you can go into that file and look at everybody else's runs um, and, you know, learn from them. And then, speaking of learning, does the judge then give comments on each run so that you can see those as well? Yes. Some 
um, are required to give critique no matter what, and some you can pay for um, and, and get the critique of the judge and, you know, all those helpful hints. So it, it, it's pretty good in that way. And this is a great platform, I think, for somebody just starting out showing, um, uh, you know, to even prepare them to go to an actual live show. Um, but, but it provides a lot of opportunities for those who um, don't have, maybe don't have a trailer. They can do it all at home and still be in the show world. And, and you still get a little bit nervous doing it um, even because you know somebody's going to be watching this, obviously, the judge, and, and then there are other people. But it's still a little bit more relaxed um, in your own backyard. So how did you get started with uh, judging these virtual shows? Well, I've been kind of um, pursuing judging um, open shows and 4-H for, um, oh, I'd say about the last five to six years. And uh, this was just another way to um, get in there and um, uh, keep my skills up to date, especially when there weren't many live shows last year. I know that um, I was due to judge a couple of big ones, and um, they got canceled because of COVID. And so this provided an opportunity as well, you know, to keep me going there. And how did you like experiencing it as a judge? Was it just so different than being in person? Did you really enjoy it? What were your thoughts on that? It really is a little bit different um, because uh, you have to look at each, like in a pleasure class, you have to look at each individual video. You're not able to see everybody all together. So it makes it a little bit harder in placing um, so you're kind of going back and forth from video to video and, and um, uh, you know, j just the time it takes to do one pleasure class is probably a little bit longer than at a live show. That would make sense. I was thinking the same thing. Um, I was thinking it would be much easier to probably do the pattern classes because they go one at a time, just like you would see at the horse show. And then you can score them oh, accordingly exactly. and move on to the next person, very much like the horse show, right, as a judge. Whereas a pleasure class or an Eck on the Rail class, when everybody's in there at once, oh, boy, very different. Right, right. <laughs> but I'm glad that they're still allowing you to have rail classes as well as pattern classes and an opportunity for people to participate in both. Right, there's, there's all kinds. I mean, some of them will have costume classes. Some of these um, virtual show opportunities will, um, we, uh, a vintage class. I showed in vintage last year um, because of my age and could cross over, you know, from the regular classes as well. Novice classes, there's just really something for everyone uh, on this virtual uh, platform. Um, you know, so so it, it's, it's been a great opportunity, and some of them are still extending into um, this year. Even some of the um, breed associations who did a couple virtual shows last year are continuing to do it right along with their, you know, their shows, their live shows this year. Yes, it's become kind of a new revenue stream, I think, for some of them. Yes. 
um, which right. is great, and provided maybe even possible members that would never show because, like you said, they don't have a trailer or a truck, and now suddenly they can. Right, right. It's been it's been kind of neat. How do you know, Shelley, um, if people have done measurements right for things like the jumping classes and the Gymkhana classes? Some virtual platforms will require that. Um, others won't. Um, you know, I haven't um, judged a lot of the virtual jumping. We have had some ground pole classes in um, a couple of the uh, uh, clubs that I've judged for. But let's say um, with uh, your pattern classes, for instance, you know, they're, they're going to have to set up what works in their given area because not everybody's arena or space is going to be the same size. So also right. some people don't own cones, so they're going to use a bucket or some kind of marker. And you just kind of have to allow variations for that. Really everybody that I have seen has, you know, been within reason. Nobody's um, like, I hate to use the word cheated. Nobody's really cheated that I've seen. <laughs> right. No, that makes sense. I was just thinking from arena space size. So very good. Well, I appreciate um, this information very much. How can listeners find out more about you if they live close by and they want to come and learn more about your um, horseback riding lesson and boarding business? Well, we are on Facebook as B&B Farm LLC. Also, B&B Farm LLC.weebly.com is our um, website. And we're also on Instagram. So um, any, any way they can sure contact me. We can help them out with the virtual aspect, even if they just have a question and they're not in our state, um, or we can we can help them film and um, use our experience and you know. This is all so good. I think that people want to do this and they're going to find out how to do this. And the fact that you're going to even help with the filming is a really great offer to be able to give them some right. tips on that. Yeah, and just one last thing, um, you know. Some sites are free to show in, others charge, um, just like if you were going to a live show, but a lot of the virtual formats are using carded judges. You are getting, you know, a professional's opinion and professionally judged with this, so. I love it. I think it's a great concept, and I think it's cool that some things came out of the last couple of years that are very... Uh, unique and made us get outside of our little boxes. So thank you so much, Shelly, for being on today. Oh, you're very welcome. It was great talking with you. So excited to have our next guest on. This is Jennifer Eaton. She is the Membership and Marketing Director for the Interscholastic Equestrian Association. She focuses on membership growth throughout the country and creating new opportunities for IEA members. She also sits on our Certified Horsemanship Association Board of Directors. She's our Vice President of Regional Relations on our Executive Committee. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me today. Oh, we're so excited to have you on. And tell everybody um, where you live and how your weather's going today. Uh, I'm in Groveland, Massachusetts, which is sort of up on the North Shore of Massachusetts. Um, it's sunny and 80 degrees today, which is unseasonably warm wow. for us. Yeah. 
That is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good for you. So, Jen, what is your horse background? Go ahead and explain that to everybody. Um, well, you know, I start. I was introduced to horses when I was 11 um, by a school friend, and they were looking for people to uh, work in a summer camp, and I had uh, babysitting experience. Um, and so I literally showed up one morning with my lunch, and I watched children at a horse camp. Um, and my job was just to make sure that they stayed with their group. This is literally how I got started. Um, and at the end of the summer, I started showing up two days a week to clean stalls for my lessons. And I've been here ever since. It's literally how it started. At 15, I started teaching, helping, assisting teaching. Um, at 18 years old, I got my license. I sat for my license in the state of Massachusetts. I've had it for 30 years. Um, you know, I've I've always, uh, you know, I've, I've got a degree in developmental psychology, but I've always taught. Um, I've always taught horseback riding and, you know, it's just a passion that I have. I, I love the horses and I love teaching kids and adults. And um, I've, I've, you know, I, I've spent some time in Florida grooming on the hunter jumper circuit. And, you know, it's just, it's just a passion that I have. It kind of cracks me up that you sit on our board of directors and you started in a very non-CHA approved way. Yeah. <laughs> As an 11-year-old. Yeah. Being, <laughs> yeah yes. That's actually really entertaining to me. Yes. I think a lot of us have had those journeys. Um, I started very unapproved, too, by being a Girl Scout at a camp, and then they realized I had a little bit of horse experience, so I started leading the trail rides during my camp yeah. week when I was paying to be a camper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Kind of, yeah. Kind of funny oh, yeah. how these things work. Well, that's, that's so funny. I've known you this whole time, and I did not know that particular piece of your history. That, that cracks me up. It is yeah. an adventure for sure. Well, tell us how you got involved in IEA and what you do for them. Um, so I, I got involved in IEA in a very similar way. I just sort of, IEA sort of found me. Um, and uh, we accidentally, not accidentally, but we ended up starting a team at our farm. Um, and a couple of years later, I got hired to work in the membership office. Um, and now I'm, I'm the membership marketing coordinator. Um, so my overall job is to, is to expand growth um, through our organization. And I, I do that by trying to identify parts of the country where there is room for growth. Um, but the biggest part of my job is retaining the membership that we have now. And I do that by, you know, trying to find ways to make our, our membership, make it easier for the membership that we have now by, you know, creating documents um, that make their membership easier. Um, if we have, uh, I, I assist members that we have that are running their first tour shows or I assist new parts of the country when they start to, um, when they start to really expand in their growth, if we have members that are having, um, if we have a member in our, in our, that comes to our membership office that needs a little bit of help, I become their single point of contact. Um, and I help to create new programs like this virtual horse show um, program that we had, um, you know, to sort of enhance their experience with us. Yeah, so as our topic today of our show about virtual horse showing, go ahead and tell us a little bit more about why IEA decided to start doing those and how they all came to be. Um, so we, we decided to go with the virtual horse shows in response 
to in response to COVID. So in March of 2020, we ended up having to cancel our postseason because of because of um, COVID. You know, we ended up canceling quite a few postseason shows. And as we started into the fall of um, the fall of 2020, we were worried that we were going to get rolling with our season. And in the spring of 2020, 2021, we were worried that if we had to cancel postseason again, we would have no backup plan. And all of these equine organizations were coming out with virtual shows. And we thought that might be our only viable option to offer virtual shows to our members if for some reason we had to cancel postseason. So we decided that we wanted to test it out, see if it was something that our, our members liked, see if it was even a viable option to offer to our members if we had to cancel postseason. So we sat down and we started playing with it a little bit and um, and decided that it, it might actually be something that, that could possibly work. So how did you create them and what was important to make them happen? How did that journey continue? Um, well, it, it, it's really a big question because anything the IEA does, we do it in threes. We have to do it by Hunseat Western and Dressage. And right. with all of these different groups coming out doing doing virtual shows, we decided we did not want to recreate the wheel. Um, many of our many of the equine organizations that that were running virtual shows were member partners of ours. And a couple of them had reached out to us and said, oh, hey, you know, if you guys were thinking about doing virtual shows, we'll run your virtual show for you. Um, and, and that's sort of what kind of um, gave us the idea in the first place. Um, so the American National Riding Commission um, had, been, had, done a, had been doing virtual shows for the Intercollegiate Horse Show Association. And so we went to them for our hunt seat shows and they ran our hunt seat show in the fall. Uh, the American Paint Horse Association had been doing virtual shows for their members, and they offered to do our Western show, so we went with them for our Western, um, for our Western uh, discipline. And for our, for our dressage, we went to the Western Dressage Association of America, and I spoke to their director, and they suggested that I speak to Gail Matthews from Spotlight Horse Shows, who had been doing their horse shows. Um, and Gail is a lovely human, and she helped me because dressage is relatively new for us. Um, and Gail is actually a, a dressage judge. Um, and she, we sat down um, and, and worked through it. And so we went with Spotlight to run our dressage virtual show. And Gail actually um, helped me helped me set that up because dressage was we really kind of had to start from the bottom and go up um, for dressage and and so we we really just let those three organizations um, run our virtual shows and we just supplied them with the support that they needed um, to help run them the documents the patterns the membership you know the, all of that information and then they just sort of ran with it. I am so glad that you utilized partnerships and you did not reinvent yeah. the wheel. That is just yeah, awesome. No. And that yeah. you had three just wonderful partners to be able to help depending on the discipline. So that sounds like that worked really well. Yeah, they were fantastic. Really fantastic. 
So explain a little bit more about how um, the virtual horse shows look for your IEA competitors and how it worked for the competitors. Did you have good feedback? Um, how, how did that all fly? Um, we did have good feedback. Um, so we really focused, you know, the virtual horse shows, there were two ways we could go. We could go the really focus at the competition route and say, this is going to be a competition, or we could go the, the education route. And that's what we decided to do. We decided to, you know, because this was brand new, um, we really emphasized the education part. We really wanted to make sure that the judges we're putting down a lot of comments for the kids um, that uh, the, when the, I created the judges cards um, that, that were going to be given back to the kids afterwards. And so I left a lot of room for comments um, when we were setting these up um, with the groups. I really emphasized the fact that, you know, I did, we did not care that these kids were being placed, you know, first through 10th. We really wanted a lot of, a lot of the information to be coming back to these kids um, about what actually happened in their rides. Um, because we had no idea how this was really going to work out. You know, we've never done this before. So we, um, and, and in the end, it actually worked really well. You know, the kids paid $35 a class. And some of these kids got back paragraphs of information about their rides from the judges which was really, which I thought was really great. Um, we had to take, you know, so for instance, um, in our dressage, the IEA created our own rider test when we first started this program. Um, because IEA is, the kids are riding horses they don't know. The judging needs to really be on the riders and the riders' efforts. And so the conventional dressage test, which is being judged on the horse, really does not work for our program. So we took, we took the, the rider test and we created three of our own rider tests. Um, and those rider tests go through a, a dressage committee that we have a dressage committee. Um, and on our dressage committee sits um, a couple of judges um, and so forth. And so, um, so we use our own dressage test. And then we have dressage seat equitation. And so the kids have to do a pattern and um, and so we, we sort of created all this documentation. I did this for dressage. I also did this for Western, our Western horsemanship. We have our own horsemanship patterns, but they also have to do rail work. So we had to sort of create a rail work pattern for the kids to do. So the judge would have something to judge them on, plus their actual rail work pattern that the AQHA created. Um, and so because this was all brand new and we had no idea how it was going to work out, we didn't want to put ribbons on it, you know, or, you know, accolades or anything where, you know, the kids were going to be fighting for something. We really just wanted the kids to get feedback. And I'm glad we did. You know, we, I'm glad we did it this way because we learned a lot. You know, we learned about a lot about, um, especially since virtual shows are so new, you know, I learned a lot about how um, coaches are actually reading the information that we're giving them. I'm learning a lot about how, how things need to be communicated because when you give a, when you give a coach information to read and the kids have to go out and then do it on video, they're reading it very differently than when they get it at a horse show. And then they can walk up to a show secretary and say, I don't understand how this is written or, 
I don't understand how this is supposed to be done. So, um, so that was the, I think the most, you know, the, I think the most important thing about how these first set of virtual shows was set up was that we had a lot of extremely, um, we had a lot of people working with us that really were, it, they really wanted to see them be successful. Um, you know, we had a lot of people working with us who were, were hoping that this would be something that would happen long-term. And I was really pleased with that. All of our member groups that worked with us were, were hoping for success. So. Well, I love the education piece. I'm so excited yes. about that. Um, obviously, you know, with CHA, that's the big thing that we do is educate, educate, educate. And I think that you're right um, with these kids being able to then get back that education and the coaches from the judges and right. then be able to adapt their writing in the future. That's super. Mm -hmm. So even though you were calling it virtual horse showing, it wasn't necessarily all about the competition. It was about the education key part too. Exactly. So that's just great. So, what will you continue to do in the future? Um, are you going to continue to do these the same way? Do you have different plans? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so we were planning on doing one over the summer. We did. So what we found from this is that the kids, the the kids and the parents and the coaches really did like the feedback. They really liked that aspect of it. Um, we didn't need it for. We obviously didn't need it for postseason. Postseason's gone really well. So um, we are planning on doing one over the summer, um, sort of gearing up for, for getting into next season. Um, and then we are planning on doing one sort of in the middle of winter in that January, February um, time when the kids are in between their regular season and getting ready for postseason. Um, Perfect. In, sort of in that low time, yeah. So again, during the educational times of the year. Yes, exactly. Uh -huh. Yeah, and we can... Yeah, and what's really nice is that um, because it's virtual, we can bring in, you know, some of some bigger judges. You know, they don't actually have to be in one place. They can sort of look at these videos from wherever they are. That's the beautiful right. thing about virtual shows. Yeah. yeah, that's very true. All the travel costs go away and those kinds of things, right? Mm -hmm. And people's schedules exactly. are much more yeah. fluid and flexible. They can watch them at midnight if they like. They can judge them whenever exactly. it works for them. Uh-huh. Yep, exactly. So that, that's really good. So, Jen, tell us a little bit more about where listeners can find out more about the Interscholastic Equestrian Association. Um, so our website is www.rideiea.org. It's R-I-D-E-I-E-A dot org. And our website and is, is pretty comprehensive. Is there information there about these virtual shows, too, if they had more questions about that? Um, there is. Um, the best thing to do is to reach out to me. At the moment, we don't have a lot up there about the upcoming shows. We were still working on it. Great. And is your contact information on the website? It is, yes. Okay, very good. And for everyone, that's Jennifer Eaton, and that's E-A-T-O-N, and she's the Membership and Marketing Director for IEA. So, Jennifer, is there anything you'd like to leave us with today? We so appreciate you being on. Um, no, I think we covered it. I covered it. I really appreciate being on today. Thank you so much. Anytime. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, i got to tell you something. So, Sean, my son, did his first virtual horse show. He did it last summer for 4-H. He is involved in 4-H primarily for the Gymkhana Games. 
um, but they have to do showmanship as part of 4-H. So we got his um, Appaloosa out. His name is Chip. And Kyle, who is my other son, who's a videographer in the family, he came out and stood where the paper told him to stand. And I absolutely loved what Shelly said about only do three tries. Because when you do about ten tries, yeah, you just all want to cry by the end. Yeah. So, yeah, three tries is great. Yeah, I think, great. I think we need to keep in mind that you can make yourself crazy with again and again and again. Yeah. Yeah, because the reality is at the horse show, you only get one. That's right. So the fact that you even get three tries is pretty amazing. So leave it at three and be good. Pick your best one and turn it in. But it was a really good experience. It was it was fun to get out in our arena and kind of measure off where they wanted the cones and to kind of put the sunset in the right spot so that there wasn't all this <laughs> shadowing. I mean, there was a lot to think about. It was really kind of fascinating, and it worked out just fine. And it was fun to see everyone else's goes on the Facebook page. We uploaded it to a Facebook as well. And to see the judges' comments under each person to improve upon. I mean, we all really got to learn from it. So that was good. It, it, it's, I like that the virtual horse show is going to continue to have a life after the lockdowns are gone. And I think it's great yeah. because it's an, it's an alternative for people who, for whatever reason, aren't going to go to a live show. Correct. Yeah. I agree. It's a whole new market. It's a whole new market. And it's a, it's a whole new way to interact with the learning process. Because after all, um, shows are partly competition for people who want to be competitive but aren't going to go to a show. But they're also about learning. And that's just an, a new option to to learn more about being a, a good horse person. Yes, I was so happy to hear Jen talk about how IEA is doing it primarily for education. I thought that was great because there is so much. And then this way you have all these even horseless horse kids that, of course, can do IEA and eventually IHSA when they get to college. They can also now do this virtual horse showing because there's no reason why I couldn't start having my clients do virtual horse showing on my two school horses that I have on my property and then they could turn the videos into different groups yep. and try for different things. I mean, it just it really opens up a whole new market um, for more riders to get involved in our industry. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, there we go. And it can even be a vehicle to make live horse shows more productive and more fun because some people who are a little bit phobic about riding in public might find it easier to do some virtual horse shows, even if that virtual horse show stays at a local level. And I'm going to use my air quotes. The judge is the instructor or the local club leader or something like that. That can be very helpful to help relieve some of that anxiety associated to going to the live horse show. I agree. There I think it's going to benefit both. There I think it's go. really good. There we go. Well, thank you once again for hanging out with us. On horses in the morning, Christy, you've been you've been doing this for I think six years now, and we appreciate you hanging out. Where can folks find out more about CHA and the many, 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 many different programs and perks available through it? Yes, you just go to CHA dot horse H O R S E. We have that cool tagline now: no more dot com or dot org for us. So it's CHA dot horse, and on our website. There is all kinds of information on we still have many upcoming certifications if you want to audit or go to one for our equine professionals, um, whether you're a barn manager or a riding instructor or a trail guide or a vaulting coach. We have a vaulting one coming up in June. 
So many different opportunities. We also, of course, have our big international conference that's open to everybody. You do not have to be a member, and it will be in Fort Worth in November. So please go and check out um, all of our videos that we have and webinars and other things for education. It's available to all. There we go. And you have stuff there for instructors, managers, and students. Yes, all of the above. All of the above. And you can find links to today's show at horsesinthemorning.com. You can follow us on Facebook. If you haven't done that already, head on over to Facebook, type in Horses in the Morning, and click the like and follow button. We are also on Twitter. Our handle there is Horse Radio. And if you haven't done so already, again, download the free app for your Android or iPhone. And for those of you who have already done that, congratulations. Help others in your life who are less tech savvy to do so. Just gently, quietly take their phone, go to their app store and download it for them. They'll be so happy. They will thank you later. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And thank you very much to today's sponsor, who is... Be free of flies. Go check out Cami O'Neill's product um, on her website, BeFreeOfFlies.com, and give it a check out today. There we go.